Today's All Rise podcast is made possible in part by Joseph Krauske, attorney at law based in Boston, Massachusetts. And here's a reminder to get in touch with Diane if you have a particular request for us to handle a case or talk about something, or if you have a question, we're going to have a special podcast soon that will involve questions from the audience for Diane Godfrey. Here's what you do. Send those questions, comments to allrisediane at gmail.com. That's allrisediane at gmail.com. And we look forward to answering those questions. Welcome to All Rise, true stories from around the courthouse from the lady who wrote everything down, Diane Godfrey. It's true crime and more. How are you, Diane? I'm well, Jordan. You know, today's episode is one of those personality parade episodes. People are going to have quite the reaction to our guest today, I believe. An unconventional guest. How do you know this person, Ginny? Well, about 30 years ago, we had a waitress gig together, and I got a kick out of her. She has a heart bigger than the building we worked in, and she was just awesome. So we were friends, we lost contact with each other, and Facebook connected us recently and I had lost con- I, as I said I lost contact mm. with her and come to find out she spent 7 years on the streets of Boston homeless it's it's an incredible story I, i'm anxious to talk to her and to find out more and i know our listeners are going to be absolutely mesmerized by what she went through the reason i asked her to come on is first of all she's a colorful character but secondly if you saw her pedigree And the family she comes from, she was a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. And for her to end up homeless is just so unbelievable to me. The reason also that I asked her to come on is she told me off mic that she had been the victim of violent crimes many times. She suffered eight concussions. She's been in the hospital a couple of times. She witnessed horrific violence and I thought that was pertinent to this podcast. Hi, Ginny. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? All right. All right. I just have a screaming headache. But... Okay. You think you have a headache now? Just wait till this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. giving Diane a hard time. Sorry about that. It's nice to meet you, Ginny. You too. Well, as you know, this is a true crime podcast. And just for the listeners' edification... You and I have been friends for like 30 years. We met years ago at like a waitress gig, and we kind of hit it off, and we had a lot of fun. And like, as happens in life, we lost track of each other, and you went one way, I went the other, and, you know, I moved away for a little while. But anyway, not well, I call it away. It was north of Boston. The north shore. Yeah. It may as well be another planet. So, So anyway... I often wondered what happened to you, and Mm. I found out, we reconnected the last few months, that you were actually homeless for seven years. Yeah. It blew my mind. (laughs) Now, Mm -hmm. just to preface this, first of all, I've never known anyone that's been homeless, and Mm -hmm. when I look at you and I see... First of all, people listening are probably wondering, why did I have this homeless person, ex-homeless person, come on my podcast? Because you were a victim of crime on the street many times. And I was a court reporter on a trial 
of a stabbing, a horrific stabbing that took place in Boston in a homeless shelter. So I wanted to oh, tie yeah, the whole thing Francis. in. Yeah. St. Oh, Francis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. St. Francis on Boylston Street. So yeah. that that's the preface to this whole thing. Now, to give a background, I would like to give a little background about you. First okay. of all, you went to St. E's to nursing school and graduated, which is the hardest uh-huh. course on the planet. And for those of you who are not from Boston, St. E's means St. Elizabeth's Hospital. And if you're not familiar with Boston, Boston has world-renowned health care. Mm. And you can't look left or right. You're not looking at a world class like Jocelyn Clinic and, you know, the Beth Israel City. I still call it City yeah. Hospital. Boston Medical Center. Yeah. Mass General, yeah. Brigham. It goes on and on. And, and looking for orthopedics, mm-hmm. the one up on Parker Street on the top of the hill. What's it called? Brigham and Women's? No. Saint- oh, Baptist. 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 I mean, Baptist. it's just, it's endless. But anyway, yeah. so that's what we're looking at with Boston. So. You were a registered nurse, and if you ended up homeless, anyone could end up homeless. That's why I say to people, I worked in the court 30 years. If you think that you can't be indicted for something because you're not a criminal, you're sadly mistaken because this sounds vulgar, but I'm going to say it. Shit happens, right? Yeah. Shit happens. You never know what twist or turn life is going to lead you in yeah so anyway that's the story so i would like to start with i just want to tell you a little something that happened in the courtroom we had a trial of his name was gary black this happened quite a while ago but he in the middle of the afternoon took a um knife and ran into saint francis house and there was a guy named De Leon, and he was taking a nap. He hit his head down on like a, a you know, like on a um, table. Uh, yeah. Gary Black, but mind you, the metal detector was broken, so he sailed in. Oh, okay. And I was going to say. In front of 50 to 60 people, stabs this mm-hmm. guy like five times. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I guess the motive was... This guy that got stabbed supposedly with another guy sold Gary Black what they call a beet bag, which is a bag of dope, which in essence isn't, it's like baby powder. It or wasn't, something. yeah, you get beat, yeah, it's now, fake drugs. How yeah. do I know that? Working in the court. I never <laughs> knew what, I've never done exactly. a drug in my life. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I know what a beet bag is. So anyway, it gets worse. He's stabbing him, and the blood's going everywhere. Naturally, the staff runs to his aid. But the stabbing victim has AIDS. So now the blood goes all over everyone. And one of the workers is covered in the blood and cuts his finger. Oh, God. So now the blood, it it was a bad scene. Nightmare. So I never forgot that. (laughs) Now, as as just a little aside, I have a friend who came here from a third world country. He's doing great. But when he got here, he had a little bit of a rough start. And he decided one night to go to get some help at St. Francis House. And he told me he got robbed inside there. He Mm. said they stole everything. So that's that's (laughs) what I want to say. So give us the skinny, Ginny. This is an inside look. First of all, I think when you and I spoke off Mike, you told me that Rosie's Place and Pine Street Inn are wonderfully 
wonderfully equipped, and they treat everyone great for homeless shelters. Yeah, well, for women. Women. Only women can go to Rosie's place. And Pine Street has a men's side and a women's side. But those you would, you, you had all good things to say about, right? Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. But they're I mean, decent? Rosie's, yes. Would you use the word Pine decent? Street, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you could Be- say that. Before we get... It's just- I was going to say, Ginny, before we get too far along, I am sitting here on pins and needles wondering how, no, how you became homeless. Because uh, we started oh. with Diane describing your graduating as a My nurse. wonderful life, I know. I so, was on so top of the world. I'd love to know. I, <laughs> Anne came you know back what? from it, which is miraculous. Yeah. She's doing I, great. It's crazy. I, my dad collapsed one night. That's it. My dad collapsed. Mm-hmm. And I left work. And he only lived six and a half months. I took care of him. And it was terminal. So I took care of him for the six and a half months. Actually, Diane remembers that. I remember. She was, yeah. And then my mother um, had already had a few strokes, so I was taking care of her. And that pretty much sucked the life out of me. Yes. I mean, it was, It was. I have a, uh, my mother has another daughter. <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to say a sister, <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned. It's your sister. It's, it's, she's a bitch. She's the Antichrist. But that's beside the point. Um, she's a total opposite of me. Absolute total opposite of me. A you total know, what? Opposite. Oh, total opposite. opposite oh, I me. know that. She, I know. Her biggest motivation in life was to get married and sit on the couch and, and eat lays and onion dip all day and watch TV. <laughs> all right? Everything I can't stand, every character trait I can't stand in a person she has. Put it that way. All right. So, so it's you. It's you taking care of your mom at this point. Your dad's already and passed. My dad. Well, she yeah. was a registered nurse. My sister didn't spend one day with either one of them. She lived in the same town. Hmm. She only came around looking for money. Okay. <laughs> Which your mother and right. father had a heap of, FYI. Yeah. But keep yeah. going. Yeah. And and so that's all she wanted. All right. I got to tell you on a side note. Now see, now you can tell I'm friends with Diane. Well. <laughs> She called the house one night when my dad was dying, like a couple of weeks before he died. And I answered the phone, and of course, she's like, hey, how are you? And I voice, like, cringe. And I'm like, what do you want? And she said, do you guys have a big sponge? What? <laughs> sponge? Did you big say sponge? Sponge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sponge. And I just lost it. I was crying. I was laughing. So I had my father's, like, who is that? I, I said, you're on the daughter, and I finally got it out. I'm like, she wants to know we have a big sponge, and he said, she's the only one we have. She's the only one we have, big sponge, bless and him. that was like two weeks oh before he Wow. Nicest he said, man he, on the planet. Yeah. He was he was totally blunt. He would, like, never lie. Never lie. The worst thing you could be in the world is And I took after him with that. But, yeah, so everything got blown up in my face. My sister's turned the family against me and and every, she she was telling everyone that I was a drug addict and I was wasn't taking care of my parents I was stealing their money which I I was doing nothing I was mm-hmm. with my dad for six and a half months every day you know I didn't even go out Diane knows that I think that we went out once right and uh, yeah I never left the house well I they had a built-in RN to help them when they were infirmed yeah. how much you know how much that cost Jordan to oh I, I oh, absolutely you get 150 bucks an hour to special somebody yeah but you you treated them beautifully Jenny both yeah. of them to well, the end 
That's what I figured. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I have no regrets. Well, it was even a bonus you were an RN. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was horrible, but even knowing the outcome, I still would have done it again. I mean, I don't... I, I, I attribute it to maybe she's got a soul in there somewhere, and that's why she's so evil, because she's just the guilt is eating her alive. I don't know. Let me ask but you I this. I don't have any guilt. You, so you, you stopped working to stay yeah. full-time at home, which means your income yeah. stops. Stopped. Yeah, All right. Totally and stopped. Diane... I even cashed in my IRA. Wow. And, and took the suspension because I didn't want people to think I was just taking my parents' money. I know. I, I did everything I thought was right. But then I'm coming to realize now with age that sometimes you get, there's definitely gray areas there and you can't mm-hmm. always do the right thing. But I mean, I, I, you know, I, it made me who I am today, I guess. I don't know. Well, I have a question. I have a question, Ginny. Uh, obviously, yeah. your your folks had a home, and obviously, we're talking yeah. about being homeless. So, how did that oh. happen to you? Oh, that's even better. The house was supposed to be mine outright. My dad died first, and then my mother lived another four years. Well, there was a codicil in the trust that the house went to me, and then they had stocks and things that were supposed to go to my sister. Well, she didn't realize that. She just heard that the house was going to me. So unbeknownst to me, after my dad died, she took my mother to the attorney. Oh, boy. And the house had been paid off since 81. This is in 2010 now. And FY, it wasn't even... taken off. Ginny, can I just interject? So that the house... And then the first thing my sister did, my mother died at 3.15 in the morning. I dropped her off at home at 5, met her at the funeral home at 1 in the afternoon. First thing she said when she got out of the car is, what are we going to do about the house? She Jesus. just... All she wanted was money. It was wow. just... It made me sick because you hear these horror stories. Yeah, but Diane has a point you wanted to make. Diane, Ginny, I just have to say this. I've been to that house. It it wasn't an average house. It was an upper middle class, the most gorgeous house you can imagine. Jordan, if they sold the house, you could move in it and live it. You wouldn't even have to wipe the counter down. Mm. You'd just like walk in, and it was a good. No, was there a dandelion on that lawn? I don't think so. (laughs) The most beautiful tomato plants, but I do digress. Driving by to compliment my father on the lawn. You should have seen her house. So if you ended up. (laughs) Homeless, anyone can, because yeah. I saw what you came yeah, from. This is yeah. very interesting because as, when people hear the word homeless, they immediately think drugs, you alcohol, think bums, yeah. bums exactly. people who are mentally uh, ill. So so you literally had ended up with no place to go? How did that happen? Yeah, well, you know what happens? The lawyer, the lawyer was robbing us blind, which I knew because I had been the power of attorney before. And, um, oh, that's, that's another part of it. All right, well, when my mother was still alive, a year after my dad died, uh, my sister got my uncle, my father's brother, who didn't have no idea how much money my parents had, and an accountant to take over the power of attorney from me of my mother. And in 17 months, they absconded over $600,000 from my mother. That's no easy task. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was uh, the crash and... You know, we, but their money, they should have moved it to bonds. And I mean, they just, yeah. But um, so this happened, and my mother was so ashamed, she wouldn't go after them. And, and we could have put them away, even my sister. Yeah. But she wouldn't do it. So then fast forward, I got this lawyer to get the estate back. And when I finally get this power of attorney, they said, 
that they had. It was 26 pages, and I went to the last page. It was my mother's name, but it wasn't even her signature. The whole thing was a fraud. Oh, my goodness. They just wow. robbed her blind. Yeah. So I still had, like, a little over 300 grand left in the estate. Mm-hmm. So I was managing that, and my mother died a couple of years later, and there was more money in it when she died than when I took it over, and I was paying seven grand a month to her assisted living. She just gave up, though. When mom died, that everything hit the fan at that point? Is yeah. that what, what happened? Yep. My sister wanted me to buy her out, which, of course, I couldn't because I didn't have enough money, and I couldn't get a loan. I couldn't use the house equity. So um, the attorney said he was going to sell it. And so he actually, I'll never forget, he came and cleaned out the house one day when I was living there with my dog. And I would have to go out for the day, and I came back, and the house was empty. Oh like the kitchen goodness. was empty, the dishes, the silver, everything. Everything was gone. And I still lived there for another year with nothing in the damn house. And when I left there, I was supposed to have a place to live, but I had no income, and he was jerking me around. So when, when the house got sold, when I had to leave, my dog and I were in my car. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we so- ended up, we went and stayed at a hotel for a couple of months. And then I got an apartment, or I rented a cottage on the lake in Sharon for a year. But unbeknownst to me, the lawyer and the landlord had an agreement that there would be the year's worth of rent in an account, and he would administrate it. So it was was a checking account with my name and address on it, but he was the only one that had signing privileges to it. So I moved in in April 1st, and then, so, it was supposed to go through till March. Well, December 1st, he paid the rent, and with the check, he sent a note saying there was no more money in the account, because he took, he stole over eight grand on my account. Shakers, you are <laughs> so the victim evicted. of all kinds oh, yeah. of scams at this point. Yeah, so yeah. I got evicted from the house, and right before that, my dog, I had to put him to sleep. It was, it was a horrible time. Horrible. But, you know, you know what I know what's funny, though? What? The day I hit the street, the morning when I hit the street, you'd think you'd be all scared and nervous and whatever. Right. Honestly, I could have a cab in Boston. I felt, you know what I felt like, Diane? I felt like that morning when we got up in Sedona. I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. Oh, yeah. I was you so were with Elmer and Louise like, without the violence, you Nobody's mean? going to screw with me anymore. <laughs> I have to nothing Arizona. more to give. It was, it was amazing. It felt so good. You couldn't but, go on like that forever. It had to come to a head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, Ginny, the first thing I asked you when I reconnected with you was, were you afraid? Um, yeah, I guess, to some degree, yeah. But you could take care I of think... yourself. Do you remember the time you took that yeah. guy by the scruff of the neck and put him against our car at 2 in the morning? Remember he wanted to uh, ride home, and you said, I'll give you a ride, <laughs> but if you touch her or you touch me, you'll be sorry. Remember that? He was so scared his feet were dangling. I think so. I know there's been a few times. Yeah, <laughs> did, I'm, did, not, I'm not sorry. Ginny, did, did you have a car at this point? No. Nothing. Nope, my car I had gotten... <laughs> oh, get this. I was in the hospital. Actually, I called Diane the night before I went to the hospital because I thought I was having a stroke. My head was killing me. Hmm. And they kept me overnight in the ER at Norwood, and they let me out that morning at like 11 o'clock. And they had given me stuff for my blood pressure and whatever. My blood pressure was really high. That's when I first got diagnosed. And three hours later, fast forward, I'm driving to the doctor's appointment, at my new primary, and I hit a pole. I went off. To, I, I passed out behind the wheel, and it oh. was like three hours after the hospital let me go. <laughs> so that's it for so, the car, then. Cars totaled. Yep, yep. The car was totaled. Oh the dog was okay. I mean, 
But yeah, it just. It, oh, believe me. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Ginny, you know oh, what I have, I have to ask know. you? Share with mm-hmm. the listeners what your mother... The irony of this whole thing is you were homeless at Mass yep. and Cass, which means mm-hmm. where Massachusetts Avenue meets Molina... Melia Cass. Mel- yes. Melia Cass. Yeah. Boulevard. I this is in Roxbury. The, yes. And Mass Ave is... <laughs> but they call it in Boston... Mass and Cass, and it's in front of the yeah. old city hospital, which is now New England Medical. Your mother was mm-hmm. top nurse there, and you worked there, and next thing yeah. you know, you're homeless in front of it. That's where I worked. I worked in the ER. Isn't that ironic in a sad way? Yeah, that, it's called the Methadone Mile right. because it's just yeah. horribly— uh, it, it's, it's, it's actually, believe it or not, it's a lot better now Ginny. than it was. They swept the place— um, like a year or two ago when that that um, corrections officer got attacked. Yes. <laughs> Attorney Joseph Krauske is based in the Boston, Massachusetts area and serves all of New England. Joe has 43 years of experience handling major personal injury and criminal cases with hands-on attention given to every client. He also specializes in handling cases of OUI, which is operating under the influence and has experience with many serious and important superior and district court cases. To contact attorney Joe Krauske, call 508-587-3701. Again, that's 508-587-3701. Email him at krauskelaw.com. That's K-R-O-W-S-K-I-L-A-W.com. It's legal help when you need it. krauskelaw.com. Ginny, exactly tell us that. what your mom well, did at City Hospital. Oh, she ran, she was the director of nursing. She ran the director the of nursing. And your father had a wonderful job at the Edison. Yeah, he was a, he was an, an overhead construction inspector. The two of them were like, like so neurotic. That's just how a, I ended up this just way. Just <laughs> a wonderful couple, wonderful people. Mm. So, so here we are, you're now on the street. and yeah. In front of where she used to work. In front of where mm-hmm. she... So I'm, I'm guessing, you know, people who walked by might have been former oh, yeah. colleagues. Yeah. At some point. Oh yeah. Yep. Now, did you? Yeah, did, it, was, it was bizarre. <laughs> did you take to panhandling to try to make any money? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we call it stemming. Actually, yeah. I, I went right at the corner of Mass Ave and Melnia Cass. She made money. When, How much did you make in an hour? Were, like thirty-five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on a good day. Yeah. Was that, how many people statistically would give you money? Like like ten percent, twenty? I'd say probably more like a third. Really? I well, mean, well I'm nice. I don't I'm not a junkie. I wasn't screwed up. I wasn't, you know, shuffling up to their car with my eyes closed and a cup in my hand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just ask people, I'd be like, you know, can you spare any change? And I'm always clean, you know. I was cleaner than most of the the people that weren't homeless. <laughs> Now you were you living. Know, I mean, shower every day. So you I, would, you'd never know. I was homeless. You would go to the shelter for nighttime. Is that the way it worked? Yeah. Didn't you tell yeah, me it was exhausting? It is. Yeah, because you have to get to the shelter in the afternoon to try and get a bed. So it's a, it's a full time job. It is hmm. just being homeless. I mean, you gotta, especially then when COVID hit. I mean, do you know what it's like when you're out in the street and you have to pee? Well, you're a guy, but it's probably easier for you. <laughs> but I mean, it's. Believe me, it is not. Well, where do you go to the bathroom generally when you're homeless at at Methadone Mile? Where do you go? Like, how does um, it work? 
you go, you can go to one of the shelters or you go to the hospital or, you know, mm. public restrooms, basically. What was the day the like? Just have Give me the typical day. Typical day. Did you sleep through the night or were you bothered? Because uh, you told me no. you had eight concussions and you were a victim yeah. of crime multiple <clears throat> times. Can you share yeah. some stuff with us? Well, no, just basically, yeah, they knock you out to rob you. That, uh, Who's yeah, they? Unfortunately, that happened to me. Um, they're usually the junkies, pretty much, which I, I, I don't know. Women? That's not politically correct. Women, that's what they are. women so that's what and men? Women oh, yeah. and men? Oh, yeah. Okay. The women are worse than the men. Oh, yeah. my God. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Women are women are just not by nature. Didn't nice. you tell me you were Here in we some sort of a shelter and you got jumped by three mm-hmm. women? Can you share that yeah. story? Two weeks after I got there. It was at Woods Mullen, which is a dump. Oh, my God. That I can't say enough horrible things about that place. It's That's hell. That's like the ninth circle of hell. But I, yeah, two weeks after I was homeless, I was there one night, and I, I woke up. I was up in the there's a TV room on the third floor, and um, I next thing I knew, I was they were waking me up. I was on the floor. My watch got torn off my wrist. Um, my meds got stolen out of my purse. It, it was horrible, and and they didn't do anything about it. Gross, you know. They just mm. acted like it was no big deal. Didn't you tell me you were brought to the hospital? You yeah, were, they, oh, someone yeah. found the, you unconscious on the floor. The police, yeah, they did. And the, and the, well, the public health police, they are. Oh, that's another story. But yeah, so they took me to the hospital, and I was out cold. I had a cold syndrome, for God's sake. I woke up the next day, and I don't even remember the next day I woke up. And then the day after that, so two days later, I get up, and I'm in the ER at BMC. And they were treating me for a heroin overdose. And I'm like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, I didn't overdose on anything. I get, I get attacked in the soda. Mm. And so I asked what, what my head CT showed, my head casket. And they're like, oh, it was fine. And I'm like, well, what my urine show? And they're like, oh, we didn't check your urine. I'm like, then how can you say you treated me for a heroin overdose if you didn't even do a talk screen? So the nurse got all pissed off and refused to do it, and they escorted me out of the hospital. <laughs> wow. And so hey. ever since then now, I have a, I'm a heroin addict in my medical record. Yeah. Gee whiz. That's, that follows you around let, like a bad penny. Let me, me. let me ask you, because I know Diane wants to talk about your, your bouncing yeah. back, and that's the best part of the yeah. story, but I, I need <laughs> to know, what was your... What were you feeling when you realized you're on the street? Did you accept it? Were you pissed off, as you say? To the extent I was, that... I was angry. Oh yeah, I was very angry. Yeah, and it's funny because my my grid shrink that I used to have that since retired, he used to tell me, you know, because I that's how I got through every day because I was so angry, and he's like, that's really not a very good defense mechanism to use, but it seems to be working for you. So yeah, I was just pissed. Yeah. I was I was angry at God. I was angry at everybody. I just yeah, I was. I didn't really, I really didn't care about anything for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I just cared about getting through the day. It's horrible. But you told it's, me you never. Not, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not living. You're just existing. You're not just living existing. like a real person. Right. 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 But mm-hmm. did you have a cell phone? Yeah. Did it uh, have well, Wi-Fi? I've had Twenty-two of them. What? Um, Wait a yeah. minute. Wait a minute. Twenty-two. I, I Twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-two in the last three years. Yeah. Why? <laughs> 
Cell phones go quick. Oh, they always take the cell phone. For what, though? Aren't they just like paperweights at this they point? Give, you know what they do? They give them to the dealer, and, and they can go to there's a machine like at Walmart and places where they'll give you like 20 bucks for uh. a phone and put it in the machine. Oh, yeah. yes, I've seen that. So they'll go and they'll get a they'll get a job of crack or dope or whatever they want for a phone. Yeah, mm. it's ridiculous. Ginny, did you it have is. any friends there? Not, well, I, acquaintances, I'd say. I, you can't trust anybody. And you, you told really me can. they weren't really Bostonians. Can you speak to that? No, there's a lot of carpetbaggers. How do they end up in cold weather? Because they come here because they look online, and the easiest place, evidently, or the best place to go to get benefits and get back on your feet is Massachusetts and Boston. So they come wow. from all over the country. Yeah. Interesting. Which begs the question, uh, were you thinking, as angry as you were, were you thinking, I got to get the heck out of here. Let, there must yeah. be a way, a legitimate way to build myself back up. Was that exactly. option available right away? or did No. You know why? Because I wasn't a junkie. And that's why I have a big problem with, oh. with the junkies. Because if you're mentally ill or you're a drug addict, you're like, you have cut blood. They'll do anything for you. You get housing first. You get everything handed to you. If you're just a person who's down on their luck and you have your wits about you and you can do something for yourself, they don't do shit. Really? They do nothing to help you. Yes, and that used to get me so mad. Ginny. I mean, these girls, they, they put them in the the um, uh, apartments over in Southie, right by the beach, and they were on Mass Ave every day. And never even see the inside of their apartments. I was so mad. You know what I thought was interesting? You told me that you can really make money, what you call stemming, panhandling. Yeah. Like good money. Yeah. Well, it depends, you know, like like me. like Because I, I used to give money at that corner when oh, I'd be getting wow. on the express yeah. See how and, things and, cha- go around yeah. a circle in life? I used to be given the guy, Bo, that actually had that island, because it's like, it's, it's a hierarchy. <laughs> That's another thing. Bo used to let me work with him because I used to give him money. Oh. Yeah. Ginny, as a regular layperson, mm-hmm. what do you suggest? Like, if you see, what would you, as a homeless person, what would comfort you and help you for a person to do or say to you? Would you like um, someone to come up to you and hand you like a McDonald's Happy Meal? Do you want money? Do you want someone to say something encouraging? Like, what would just- help? A person Probably on the street. All of the above. I mean, it depends. Like, I used to just stem because I smoke, and, and I'm still addicted to Pepsi. So I get my money for food and cigarettes and Pepsi for the day. And that was it. But the junkies are out there 24-7. So they get 20 bucks, they go shoot up, and they come back. Well, that's the thing so, about panhandling and, or stemming, yeah. that when you're, a, when you're on the other end and you see these people, a lot of them yeah. are looked completely zoned out. And you say to yourself, yeah. if I give this guy three or four bucks, he's he's not going to go buy a sandwich. He's he's looking for drugs, no. and it's yeah. it's a it's a terrible loop that we find ourselves in. Sad. Exactly. Loop. Yeah. No, but I that's why I, I was you know I just ask people, you know I'd be like, can you spare spare you know a dollar or whatever, you know like I try I strike up a conversation with people. Would you suggest yeah. that someone gives a gift, little receipt, not gift receipt, gift that's card. a gift card for like oh, McDonald's yeah, or, or Bugas bagels? For, yeah, I used yeah. to get gift cards for McDonald's, Panera. Were you freezing cold in the winter? Were you freezing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you, you have like a sleeping basket? 
I mean, a sleeping no, bag? No, I'd go in the shelter when it was real bad. You'd what if you couldn't shelter. get in? Um, then you shit out of luck. Oh, there's this place, the Night Center, they call it, which is Baco runs down on, um, right across the street from Mookley. Who runs Mookley. it? What's his name? Mookley Courthouse, yeah. Who runs um, it? Not the Mookley Courthouse, the other one, Brooke. Brooke Courthouse. Oh, Senator New Chardon, right. New Chardon yeah. Street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know where yeah. that is. Yeah, but it's near oh, the post oh. office. They have a night center there, which is just, ugh, I hate it. So how That's many shelters... How many shelters would you say are in the city of Boston? Because they closed the island. Remember the island? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. The island. I could tell you stories about what the island. What did they call that island? There was Long an island. island. Well, it was Long Island, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It was hell. It oh, was you hell. went there? Oh, God, well, Please yeah. tell. Yeah. What was it like? Long Island was insane. Absolutely insane. It just, put it this way, they drive you out there. In bus on these dilapidated old buses on this dilapidated bridge, which is why they closed it because they used to have to stop the buses before they went over the bridge and empty half the people out because they couldn't have the weight on it. But you just they drive everybody out there and leave them there for the night, and it's it's, it's it was like escape from New York. <laughs> Long Island is an island out in Boston Harbor, not to be confused with Long Island, New York. How many um, shelters are there, would you say, in the city of Boston? The premier ones would be Rosie's Place and yeah, Pine Street. Yeah, but... Pine Street for women, yeah. Men, they have um, Pine Street, and then they have um, 112 South Street, which is like the Wood for women. Isn't it still there? Yeah, St. Francis, is, I hate St. Francis. Yeah. I, I've been there like three or four times, and I just... Uh, Isn't it, that where you got jumped by the three women? No, no, that was Woods Mullen. Oh, Woods Mullen. Um, that's the one that's right by BMC. The old morgue. Used to be the morgue. Oh, God. Where is the morgue now? Yeah. I remember the morgue was there. It's. I think it's in the basement at BMC. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the medical examiner is right there on Albany Street. Right, so, right. So, yeah. so, Ginny, only because we're mm-hmm. running a little tight on time, uh, yeah. what's your status now and how did you get to where you are now? Um, I actually, I did get help from Pine Street from a housing person. So I have a, I'm in a one bedroom out in Shirley, which that's, it's, I don't know. I like it because I wanted to get away from the madness of the city, but this is too far out. This is, this is like, other than the trains that you hear going by twice an hour, there's nothing out here. <laughs> Shirley's Western Mass, yeah. Just yeah, so it's know. out by Lemonster, Fitchburg, which, uh, yeah. But, yeah, you I, know, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, this is a true crime podcast, and you did share mm-hmm. with me that you saw crime and you were a victim of crime. Can you give us oh, yeah. a little, you know, snippet of what you saw? Oh, God. Um, That's what we really need oh. to know here. Oh, okay. Well, I, honestly, like I said, it used to be a lot worse. before the, the When the police came and cleaned it out, they really cleaned it out. It was like Boston Police, State Police, all the towns around Boston. They they came and they literally like drove the cruises down the streets and just literally cleared out the streets of all people down by BMC. And um, so it's been better, but it used to be horrific. It was, you couldn't, like I felt bad for people that go to BMC, like bringing their kids there to a doctor's appointment or something. You couldn't even walk down the sidewalks, literally. Why? It was just chaos. Well, people yeah. Just, Passed out, shooting up, smoking crack. It just is, yeah. Were there were there sexual attacks uh, as well? Did oh, you have yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, they had a lot of them. I was lucky. 
But what did you see? I, um, oh, stabbings, a couple of shootings, but I, I didn't actually, they didn't have them right in front of me. I mean, they were like a block or two away. Mm. But see that? I, I, that doesn't bother me, though, because they worked at the ER City. So, but a lot of, more stabbings than anything. People beating on each other. But it was always like, like you said, that guy St. Francis, it was over stupid stuff. Usually over drugs or money, pretty much. So I think that's why I was safe, because I never was a drug addict, you know? I think that's that's what kept me safe. But didn't you tell me that you were at a T station, which means a subway station, for those of yeah. us not in Boston, and you fell and shattered your hip? Tell us, that, oh, yeah. wasn't that, that the was turnaround that got you off the street in the end? Um, it, well, it, I shattered my hip and I ended up in a rehab. And for that six was last months? June, actually. Yeah, it was, I was in a wheelchair till October, and I mm. broke my hip at the end of June. And you that, shattered that it terribly. Tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all metal now, and I'm like the bionic woman. <laughs> now, now, Ginny, uh, you're a yep. trained nurse. Is there any chance yeah. you can go back to that life if you wanted I, to? Oh, that I totally left that out. My problem being now medically is my back. Like, I have four yeah. ruptured discs in my neck. I have three in my lower back. And that's just degenerative, probably from the years of waitressing and being a nurse and lifting people and stuff. So that's why I haven't been able to work, the physical part mm -hmm. of working. But mentally, I'm fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. So is there something so that, that you're exploring now that you might be able to yeah, do? Yeah, actually, I'm hoping. I, I, I told Diane I was hoping to get into legal nurse consulting and get certified in that because that's in that way... That, I don't know if you know what they are. They basically kind of like a paralegal. You, you contract out and you work for either attorneys or risk yeah. management in the hospital or insurance company, and you interpret the medical records for cases, for legal actions. Oh, you'd, be, and you'd be great at that. That would be great. Yeah. Well, let's, let's I mean, I, it's right that. up my alley. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's what I'm hoping to do. I hope so. But the course is five grand, so I'm, I'm still trying to get a grant for that. Everything's shut down with COVID, so... Ugh. Um, yeah. It's not easy. But I mean, there's cheaper courses, but they're not. The best one is, is the woman, Vicki Malazzo, who actually created the position. She's a lawyer now oh. from Texas. So, yeah. Wow. So that's, I definitely have a plan. I'm not one to sit around. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely type A. Well, you, you wouldn't hang around with Diane if you weren't. <laughs> no, I know. A, a, a doer know. and an action lady. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, yeah. but Jenny, oh, yeah. before we let you go, this has been really eye-opening for me and wonderful. But, uh -huh. you know, I go back to the same thing. Wonderful things happen to people in life, and yeah. awful things happen to everybody. Everyone gets their share. But it's like I, I go back to that thing. You can end up in court and in legal trouble. Yeah. Whoever thought you would have been on the street? It's like crazy. Yeah. So that exactly. was one thing. But I mean, I was making, when I left work and my dad collapsed, I was making over 100 grand a year. I know it. Mm. And I walked away. But I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't regret it. I thank God that was a gift to spend that six months with my dad. Really? Before he died. I oh, agree. God, yeah. I agree. Because if I was working in my regular life, I'd never see him, you know? Yeah. So that was a gift, really. You ought to write a book at some point. Uh, you got a great I told story. I have been saying that. When I was homeless, I was saying that. I kept telling, actually, there was two, these two older guys, Richie and, and Scotty, and... They basically had already told me, this is years ago, they're both dead now, that they used to always hang together and they'd be 
bickering at each other all the time. One of them had a cape. And so they wanted Al Pacino and Robert De Niro to play them in the movie <laughs> from my book that's going to win the Academy Award. Sure. I just got to get it to Mark Wahlberg and, and get the ball rolling, but I got to write it first. Right. It's but stranger than fiction. It it's really an extraordinary is. story, and we're, we're just so happy you came back. But can I just ask oh, you no. one last thing? Did you, anyone ever call, like as homeless people, did you ever call 911 for help? And if so, did they come? What was the tenor of the Boston police towards you guys? They, well, they were cool with me, the the area D, which is right there around Mark 3, because I stemmed there in Mass Ave. So they actually liked it when I was there, because I knocked the Krakowas, I'm sorry, and the junkies off the island, because they didn't want them out there, you know, being handling, stemming. So they liked it when I was around, because they knew there wouldn't be any trouble. So they actually looked out for me, but I never, you know, I called a couple of times, like when I got robbed, and it was it was a joke. Nothing ever happened. They never came down? No, no. Wow. But they, they wouldn't at the time, because there's a hundred people out there standing out there, you know? But if something just, big happened, they'd respond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would. Like, they were, like I said, like I saw one guy got stabbed one morning. Was God, it was like 7.30 in the morning or something. Got stabbed right at Melnia Castor, and he didn't make it to the, the emergency room. Nobody helped him, and he he tried, tried to take himself to the ER, and he dropped in on Albany Street, bleeding all away. Like, it, it just, it, it's unfathomable. You know, like, people driving by didn't stop. Like, it just, yeah, it's very bizarre. It's it's like another world. It really is. Did world. did you ever take a spin back there after you left that world? Like drive by and say been, hi to people? Well, yeah, I went. I stopped by Rosie's a couple of times. I might stop by there again tomorrow. Actually, I haven't seen them in a couple of months. The, the people that work there are nice. Wow. You know. But yeah, but not otherwise. No, <laughs> I really don't miss it. Well, I can't say I blame you, know? you but you yeah. know. I I thank you so much for being willing to come on and share a really sensitive part of your life. Yeah. You know? Well, well you have to do part two. <laughs> that sounds Definitely like a, a sequel in the works. Yes. Get into the real nitty-gritty. Yeah. I know you have a lot to tell and a lot to share, but I just wanted to, you know, share... Yeah. The story. Well, we want I to wish. Someone wants to hear. Want to wish you well. That's the important thing, too. You know, <laughs> you've been you. through yeah, a lot. No, you've been I'm, through a lot. I yeah, but you know what? It's funny. I I I think I told Diane. I think I told you when I first talked to you yet that I I feel like a totally different person, but I'm really not. <laughs> you still have the same funny. You know? Funny sense yeah. of humor. Well, when I'm around you, I revert back. <laughs> That's oh. the case with me too. I revert back to whatever I was when I'm around yeah. Diane. She brings yeah. it out. She brings out the best in exactly. people. Exactly. So there you have it—a first-hand account of what it's really like living life on the streets in a city like Boston. This is Diane Godfrey. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. If you need legal representation, please consult an attorney. I do not have a law degree. Over the years, many people have contacted me seeking legal advice. I am not qualified to dispense any legal advice. Before we close the courtroom door on this podcast, we remind you that All Rise with Diane Godfrey is available on all podcast platforms. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review this podcast. You've been listening to All Rise with Diane Godfrey. True stories from inside the courthouse from the lady who wrote everything down. Case dismissed. Case dismissed.